Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. Whether you are at home, on the road, or at work, we hope you find this message encouraging and helpful for your life. You can watch other messages just like this one on our website at milestonechurch.com slash messages. Hey, good morning, Milestone. How are we doing? Great to be here in Texas. I love Texas. I love it so much that if I wouldn't call to Florida, I would be living in Texas. And I love what God's doing here at Milestone Church. I hope you never take for granted what he's doing because there is a movement of God at Milestone that is exceptional. Years ago, um, a guy by the name of Henry Blackaby wrote this book called Experiencing God. And, and here's something he said that has always stuck with me. He said, Find out where God is moving and then go and get right in the middle of that. Because where God is moving is where you will discover your life, your purpose, your calling, your gifts, and your ability, and where he has called you to make significance for the kingdom of God. Well, I'm going to tell you something. God is moving at Milestone Church. There is a distinct move of God here. I, I've been blessed of the Lord to travel the world proclaim the gospel on every continent, I, I don't know, 80 to 100 nations, but I'm going to tell you something. Nothing excites me more than when I have the privilege to come here and get in the middle of Milestone Church because there is a movement of God here at Milestone. So I want to call you up to understand that. And I don't want any of you sitting back in the bleachers or on the bench. Milestone, it's time to get in the game. God's positioned us at this moment to have significant impact for the kingdom of God. I love your pastors. I, 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 love, I love the whole team here. I, Jeff is like a son to me. And I don't know if you know this or not, but during the last three years, Jeff has been working very hard to continue to grow himself as a leader. And one of the things he's doing growing himself, because that's the mark of true leadership, you're always growing yourself to be better equipped. Jeff went back to school and earned an earned doctorate degree in ministries. And uh, can you see me in the picture there? Uh, those are my hands. I'm, I'm hooding him. I'm taking that hood, representing the doctoral degree he received in ministries, and I'm hooding him there. And then you get another good shot of me where I'm hugging him. So anyways, those are my best sides right now at my age. So they, they showed the best sides of me. But, you know, let's give it up for Dr. Jeff Little. Come on, that's your pastor. I think it's great. Of course, he married way out of his league with Brandy. I mean, come on, hello. You are blessed. As a matter of fact, I told the staff, I said, if I didn't have a, such a commitment to Milestone, I would have recruited this entire staff and brought them all to Florida because you have an exceptional team here, and God is doing exceptional things. Let's pray. Father, I love you and praise you and honor you, and I pray today, speak your word, and may it come alive to us, and Father, may it challenge us up to receive the calling you have upon our lives we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I want to welcome everyone joining us online today, and I want to join us, everyone, at, at our Haslett campus and our McKinney campus. We're so glad you're with us. Of course, everyone here on our Keller campus. Well, you know, when Jesus came into the world, he made this bold declaration. He said, I am the light of the world. 
And any whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but they will always have the light of life in them. Then he turned to his disciples and he said to them on the Sermon on the Mount, you are the light of the world now. Now you go forth and let your light so shine that men will see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. I, liked, I took that verse and translated the coach's translation. You know, um, I'm translating the whole New Testament into the coach's translation. I'm doing it for men because we're slow and it takes us a lot to grasp what's going on. So in coach's translation, here's Matthew 5:16. I, I like this translation. Live a life that shines so bright that people are drawn to you so you can lead them to me, Jesus said. In other words, he wants you to live a life that stands out. We as followers of Christ were never called to live an average life. There's nothing average about a follower of Christ. We have Jesus in us. We have the author of all life in us. We have the creator who's created all things in us. If anything, we should stand out wherever we go, and whatever we do because of Jesus in us. It makes us different. And so church, listen, it's time that we started to shine like never before because we are living in such dark, desperate times. And that's when light does its best work in those dark, desperate times. You know, we can, we can go on and on and on if you watch the news at all. It can get awful kind of gloom, despair. Sounds like that old theme song from Hee Haw. Anybody remember Hee Haw, that old series? You got to have gray hair or no hair to remember that one. <laughs> Gloom, despair, and agony on me. Deep, dark depression, excessive misery. If I didn't have bad luck, I'd have no luck at all. <laughs> but praise God, we have the light of God in us. We have the zippity-doo-dah, zippity-yay, my oh my, what a wonderful day. Because we have Christ in us, the hope of glory. We're different. We stand out. We, we march to the beat of a different drum. We sing different songs. Everybody else is gloom and despairing and, and fretting and overwhelmed with anxiety. And we're running around shining bright. They're going, what's wrong with you? I'll tell you what's wrong with me. I found Jesus. He changed my life. He set me free. He forgave me. He took me out of my bondage. He gave me life. He filled me with joy. He's given me peace. He's given me purpose. I'm different. You're different because of Jesus. And when Jesus gave us this commission, I want you to know that it has not changed. He commissioned the early church. Here's your mission. Go forth as my ambassadors, Paul says, so the world will know, because your mission is to help the world be reconciled back to God. So, milestone, I'm here simply to remind you of the fundamentals. See, I'm a little football coach. Fundamentals win games. You win when you execute the fundamentals consistently. That's who wins. And listen, milestone, God's positioned you right now to win in this region that's gonna impact our nation that's going to impact the nations of the world. I believe that to the core of my being, or I would not be here today. God's called you to get on mission. 
It's time. Here's my simple message. You ready? Get off the bench and get in the game. Stop being a spectator and let's be a participant in what God's doing. So let me give you three keys. Three keys to living what I called a mission-driven life. Every one of us that are called of God in Christ are now assigned by God when Jesus said to his disciples, you will now be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. That was not just given to the 12, that was given to all the followers of Jesus Christ. Everywhere we go, every day we live, we're to impact our world, our sphere of influence with the love and message of Jesus Christ. That's our mission. Sometimes we think it's just pastor's mission. And we come to hear him and be encouraged and, and be comforted and, and, uh, and, 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 uh, and uh, meet with our fellowship of believers. No, 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 no. It goes way beyond that. We come here to be inspired. We come here to be encouraged. We come here to be equipped. We come here to let the word of God work in us. We come here to serve. We come here to encourage and build up each other. So we're equipped to go out and be the church every day, everywhere, with everyone we encounter. We are the living body of Christ, amen? Come on. I'll tell you what, if you all don't get better and more engaged in this, I will stop this thing, get my whistle out, and you will run laps. I'll tell you, I'll have you running laps. So let's get into it, here we go. Key one, to live in this mission-driven life, you must affirm your calling. You must affirm your calling. A lot of us don't think our, of ourselves as having a calling on our lives. We, 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 we think, well, that's Pastor Jeff. He has a calling on his life. No, no, no. Every follower of Christ, there is a calling. There is a calling upon your life. Look what the Apostle Paul writes to the church at Ephesus. He said, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. He's talking to the Christian church in Ephesus, in Turkey. Live that life worthy of the calling. I love in the book of Jude, Jude addresses the early believers and he says this to them, to the called and loved of the Father and who are kept by Jesus Christ. To the called, we're called, we're loved were kept. We must all recognize that sense of calling that is upon our life. Our world is struggling with a sense of identity today. We've got an identity crisis. We have this gender crisis going on. We have all, this is, listen, this is the basic plot of the enemy of our soul because if he can rob us of our true sense of identity, then he robs us of our calling, then he renders mute our impact. You see the plot? It's very straightforward. It's straight out of the pits of hell. All this stuff's right out of the pits of hell. That's why we as children of light have got to stand up against it, but we've got to first be secure in who we are in Christ. For it is in Christ, it says in Ephesians 1:11, that we discover who we are and what we're living for. That's the secret. 
This past Christmas, um, I had this young athlete come into my office, and, and uh, he plays Division I football. He's built, oh my goodness, he's so athletic built, strong kid, young, sophomore, got everything going for him. He comes off and said, Coach, I need to talk to you. I said, come on in, son. And we sit down, and he starts sharing with me. He's battling anxiety. And he said, Coach, I don't know what to do about this. He said, I'm battling this anxiety. I don't know what to do with this. I said, now, I listened to it a little bit. I'm not, I'm not a counselor. I, I don't counsel. Counsel, people that are counselors, they listen. Coaches don't listen. <laughs> they listen just long enough to tell you what you should do. So I said, son, stop, 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 stop. Let, let, let me remind you of something. You are called by God. You are loved by the Father. And you are kept by Jesus Christ. And in this calling, there is your purpose and your destiny waiting for. And the enemy's trying to get your mind off that of who you are in Christ. When you affirm who you are in Christ and you're loving and you're secure in that love and you're confident that with Christ you will overcome all situations, you have nothing to fear about anything in life because of who you are. You're uniquely called of God, son. He, he got fired up. And I prayed with him. Then I got him up and I hit him in the name of Jesus. So he goes home to his uh, college and his college roommate, he's a football player too. And uh, they, they put it on the board in their room and he took a picture of it and sent it to me. And there, there they are standing like two proud guys, these two athletes. And in between them is this like chalkboard thing they had. And it said on there, called, loved, Kept. And then here's the part I love. Real small, underneath of it, it said, do not erase. <laughs> do you realize you're called of God? Uniquely called of God to an assignment that no one else can fill but you on the team. Sometimes we look at people and we judge by their, quote, talents and gifts. And we try to compare ourselves to people. No, no, no. Don't you compare yourself to anybody else. You're uniquely and wonderfully made by God, chosen by God, and you have a unique assignment by God that only you can fulfill and only you can bring to the game. And that's what makes the church so strong is the beautiful tapestry that God weaves together with the uniqueness of every one of us in our lives and our calling. And as we fulfill that, and as we support one another in that, we go out and we can bring impact and change and transformation to our region. One of the great stories I love in the uh, Old Testament is the story of Gideon. Most of you remember that story. Gideon in, uh, is uh, with the tribe of Manasseh and the Is Israelites were under the oppression, of course, of the enemies because every time the Israelites turned away from God and allowed false gods in, false ideologies, false concepts, immorality, all the things that are trying to permeate them, they would come under bondage every time. They were erecting uh, centers of worship to false gods. They allowed false ideologies and philosophies of the world to be the dominant thought of the day. Listen, wokeism is not new. It's ancient. And it, it was true here in this time of Gideon. And so Gideon, he's hiding out, thrashing wheat in a wine press. He don't want to be caught. And an angel of the Lord appears to him and says to him, 
get him. I love this in, in Judges 6, 12. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Gideon's looking around and going, wait a minute. First of all, there's no mighty warriors in Manassas. We're the worship leaders. We wear skinny jeans. <laughs> and we lead worship. Okay? We're not the fighters. You know, that's Judah. Judah, Judah's the fighters. And so he, he ran and he says to him, he said, but Lord, how can I save Israel? My clan's the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the least in my family. What a great self-image he had. Exact self-image the enemy wants to put on you and me. What can I do about this? I have no power in this. I don't have any abilities. I don't have any talents. I don't have any. No, 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 no. The problem of it is we've bought into the lie of the enemy who's tried to keep our true identity from us. When we realize who we really are and when Gideon realized who he really was, he then rallied 300 men around him. They went out, fought the enemy, and set an entire nation free from the captivity and bondage of the darkness of the enemy because he had the courage to rise up and stand for who he was in the name and the image of God. And he got 300. Now listen, Milestone, we got more than 300 here. We'll tell them what we could do if we would rally together, understand who we truly are in Christ and the calling that is upon our life. Listen, I don't care what career you have, your career is your career, but your calling is your calling. Your career is to support your calling. My grandfather, who was my pastor, used to always say to me, Tommy, God's got a calling on your life. I'm out with him my whole life. He kept saying, Tommy, God's got a calling on your life. I'm coaching football. He said, Tommy, God's got a calling on your life. So I always knew that. I love coaching. I love winning. And God blessed me to win a lot. But I look back over my coaching career and my highlights were not the games I won, but the lives of the young men I coached that I was able to help impact. I remember one story. I coached this kid named Jeff. He was an offensive tackle and he was built like an offensive tackle. You know, he big, big man. And uh, he was an All-American. And he came to me and he said, uh, Coach, uh, he said, I need to talk to you. He was sharing some problems he was having back home and some concerns he was having there. I said, son, come on, get in the truck with me. Let's go for a little ride. And I took him on a little ride in my truck. I parked. I said, I look, I said, Jeff, here, listen, son, you hear me talk about Jesus all the time. I pray for the team all the time. You know, but Jeff, you need a personal relationship with Jesus. That's the secret to you getting your life in order and getting the balance and strength you need in the eternal man. You're a strong man physically but you're a weak man in here. You've got to become strong in here. So when you're strong in here, then it's going to help you know how to deal with these challenges you're dealing with right now in your life, Jeff. And I led him to the Lord. I thought, man, that's, that's what really matters right there, right? See, what was happening, I was in the height of my career, but I was fulfilling my calling in helping him come to Jesus. I heard something the other day that really just touched my heart, actually brought a tear to my eye. I had some of our team members from the church were at a, a national conference, um, and I'm not sure if it was in Dallas or where they were, but they were in this national conference, and they ran into a people that uh, 
had a booth at this conference and they were talking to him and found out these people, their company is in Florida. And so they said, oh, you're in Florida? Well, we're in Florida too. And, and, um, and then one of our staff members said, oh, well, we go to Christ Fellowship. And then the people behind this, the, their booth said, Christ Fellowship, is that, is that Coach Mullins' church? And they said, yeah, that's Coach's church. They said, oh, man. You know, we wouldn't be a company if it wasn't for Coach. And they said, what? Oh, yeah. I said, my brother who started the company played football for Coach in college. Really? He said, oh, yeah, he did. He said, Coach changed his life. He said, he led him to the Lord, and he founded our company on Christian principles, and God has blessed this company because we're built on Christian principles. I had no idea, I had no idea because I've lost touch with this boy, what was going on in his life or his company. But here's what's funny. One of their products is orange juice. And in South Florida, it's called Natalie's Orange Juice. I drink it every day. It's my favorite orange juice. It's their company. It's their company. They got Natalie's Orange Juice. And I had no idea when I recruited this kid named John Martinelli to play football for me that he would give his heart to Christ and form a company to bring honor to God and now it's impacting people and now he's prospering and it came back and I went, oh my goodness, that is awesome. That's what it means to fulfill your calling. You are called, you are loved. And God will keep you and help you fulfill that calling when you embrace it. So rise up, milestone. Come on. Get off the bench, get in the game. Start letting your light shine. They're waiting for you. Here's the second key, and this is so important. You got to live with kingdom principles. Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the things will be added unto you. Here's what I have discovered. When you align your life with kingdom principles, you will discover a kingdom power that will propel you to a whole new level of living. People wonder, well, why? I just can't seem to make it work. Just, uh, I'm struggling here and I'm struggling in my marriage. I'm, I'm struggling and uh, I'm struggling Hey, well, can I ask you a question? Where, where are you lined up? Where's your alignment? I may have told you a story before. When I was a, a teenage kid, my dad wouldn't let me drive anything but an old 48 Plymouth. It had no power steering in it, three on the column. And the thing was so out of alignment, you had to fight it to keep it on the road. It wouldn't go up to the ditch. I'm young, I'm 16, I'm strong, I can fight that car. But then I had a little date one night with this cute little cheerleader. It's before I met Donna, honey. Honey, if you're watching right now, I, this is, when I saw you, there was nobody else, baby. I want you to know that this is, this is pre-Donna, pre-Donna, 48 Chevy. When I, when I met you, honey, I had that 57 Chevy. Praise God, glory to God. Anyways, um, so, I I'm driving down the road, and I decided to put a little move on, and so I uh, take my uh, one hand off the steering wheel, and I'm fighting that sucker right now. I don't want to happen, but my focus is on the move, and I'm putting the move over, and I encourage her, 
to come a little closer. She was cute. I said, come on, 16-year-old boy, you know, I'm getting ready to get her a little closer. She, boom, we were right in the ditch. <laughs> I wrecked the car. So much for that date. question you need to ask yourself, you find yourself in ditches often on whatever it is, if it's the ditches in your marriage relationships, if it's the finances, whatever it is, just stop and ask yourself, okay, Lord, is there any area in my life that's out of alignment with your word? Because see what I find, when I keep myself in alignment with God's word and his principles, and I live by principle, not by the pressure of the world, everything seems to come into alignment. And hum, I mean, when you know when things are in alignment, it hums. Mm, mm, mm. It's humming, it's humming, it's humming. I tell you what, I've been humming for 57 years with my sweetheart. I flirt with her all the time. I embarrass her in public a lot because I flirt with her. And people come to me and say, "Isn't she good looking?" I said, "This is this is my woman right here. That's my girlfriend. I love her to death." We've been buried 57 years. They go, what? I get that same comment every time. They go, what? You've been married 57 years? Really? I said, oh, yeah. I said, and then they want to know, well, what's the secret? What's the secret? I was going through security airport one time, and the TSA agent's checking us in, you know, both of us getting. I said, this is my sweetheart, my wife. We've been married 57 years. And the TSA agent went, what? How have you done that? I said, secret, I can, I can give it to you in two words. You go. Jesus, church, Jesus, church. We kept Jesus at the center of our lives. We've kept the work of his church at the center of our marriage. And I'm going to tell you what, it works. It works. I mean, I've told you a story before when Don and I got married, we were, um, 20 years old, sophomores in college. I've been dating her since I was 16. Fell in love with her. Just she was the only one for me. We finally get married on a Saturday night. I took her to a high-class Holiday Inn. That's all I could afford. I got us a couple of cheeseburgers, and I'm back in the room. Sunday morning, I wake up. She's getting dressed for church. I said, "Baby, what are you doing?" She said, well, honey, it's Sunday. We're going, we're going to church. I said, no, 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 no. We're not going to church today. I said, baby, I've been waiting four years for this day, and you're telling me we're going to church? We are not going to church today. I got other plans today. You know what I mean? It ain't church. It ain't got nothing to do with church. I don't even want church mentioned today. We went to church. <laughs> Been going there ever since. Been one of the secrets to our marriage. Always brought me back into balance, back into focus, serving together with my sweetheart. We've had our challenges. My God, who doesn't have their challenges? We're as different as night and day. We're as opposite. You couldn't be more opposite, my wife and I. Her idea of a, of a good time is, let's get a cup of coffee and Let's sit down and read the Bible together. Let's meditate and pray. and Let's think about 
the deep things of life. <laughs> I wake up and going, baby, come on. We got some challenges, mountains to climb today. We're going to run somewhere and do something exciting. Come on, let's go. Let's get outdoors. Get fired up. Oh, let's have a cup of, I don't even like coffee. <laughs> but you know why I'm so in love with that woman today? I'm passionately in love with her because of Jesus, the church, our lives, our ministry, our identity, our callings. They have meshed and we have served together in that unity and that has become our life. Our kids were raised in that environment and that has become their life. The church there's nothing more precious to the heart of God than the church. It's the center of the kingdom. You want to honor God? Honor what he honors. Connect, engage, involve yourself, serve, become a part of that team. Use your unique callings to be all in with what God is calling you to be all in with. Keep the church central to everything you do. One of the sweetest men in my life is a man by the name of Dick Smith. He's one of my founding elders of our church. Dick passed away a couple years ago, and I was there beside his bed when he took his last breath here and his first breath in heaven. I was holding his hand when he stepped into eternity. Before he took that last breath, I witnessed something I never witnessed before. I have been at the bedside of many people who have taken their last breath here and their first breath in eternity. But I never witnessed this. Praise and worship music was playing softly. All the family and the grandchildren were gathered. Two of his adult sons left the room, came back with a basin of water and a towel, and they started to wash their father's feet. And as they were washing his feet, I'm sitting beside him holding his hand, and his two sons are washing his feet, and here was their prayer. They said, Father, May the mantle of our Father's heart to serve the church fall on us. I wept. I wanted to wash that man's feet, but I didn't want to interrupt that precious moment of those two sons praying for the mantle of their Father to fall on them. I pray that one day when my time comes, that my kids would pray that prayer. Because it was so obvious this man lived to honor God. He lived to honor the church. He gave his life to it. He inspired his sons. I want to live a life that inspires. I want you to live a life that inspires, that impacts generations to come. I was out praying the other night in my backyard, and I started thanking the Lord for generations before me, for my great-great-grandfather who gave his heart to the Lord and served the Lord, for my great-grandfather, for my grandfather, for my mother, and now my son, and now my grandson. And I started praying for my great-grandchildren that are not born yet, but I know they're coming. Now, I know they're coming, and I've given orders to my grandchildren, get busy. <laughs> I want great-grandchildren. And, and I, did, I prayed a selfish prayer the other night. I said, Lord, 
Lord, would you extend my days and give me strength and health so I can witness my great-grandchildren serving you and the church? And I think he's going to let me do that. I've just, I've got a certain feeling. I got that. I got that feeling. Huh. And I'm starting to feel young again. I'm getting younger. I'm getting younger. Oh, I tell you what, I, I'm getting younger and I feel it. I want to serve the church. Let me give you this one final point. Not only are we to affirm our calling, not only are we to establish kingdom priorities, but we are to invest our life for eternity. The Apostle Paul says, I consider my life worth nothing if only I may finish the race and complete the mission the Lord Jesus has given me, the mission of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. Dr. Bill Bright was the founder of Campus Crusade for Christ. I love Dr. Bright. He's one of my mentors. And he had this little acrostic he used about a life that's all in with God. And here's why he did it. He said, L stands for labor. Give your labor unto the Lord and serve. I stands for influence. F stands for your finances. And E stands for your expertise. Now, if you will surrender and give your labor, your influence, your finances, and your expertise to advancing the work of the kingdom of God through the church, you've given your life to the work of God. And here's what the scripture says. There's a reward when this happens. Second Chronicles 16, 9, the eyes of the Lord are looking throughout all the earth, looking to show himself strong on behalf of that one whose what? Heart is fully committed to God. Dick Smith was a man who was fully committed to God. His labor, his influence, his finances, his expertise were all at the disposal of the local church to advance its mission because he knew that was the mission of God and the calling on his life. And his children have taken up that mission. That's what I call being all in. God's looking for some people that will be all in. And when you're all in, you're gonna look like this tree. I asked him to put this tree up because this tree in this parched land is exactly the way the church looks in the midst of a parched world. This is the way you are to look, right here. I love this verse of scripture in Jeremiah. It says, but blessed, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, who's Confidence is in him. He will be like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the streams. It does not fear. When heat comes, its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought or inflation. <laughs> and never fails to bear fruit. Listen, when we flourish in difficult times because of God with us, because we are all in, it makes our lives attractive and people are drawn to us. All right, so that's my introduction. <laughs> now here's the message. Embrace your calling. Establish kingdom priorities and invest your life for eternity. Get off the bench. Get in the game. God's calling you. There's an old hymn 
As a boy, I grew up, I remember singing, I love the song. It said, rise up, O men of God, was the name of the hymn. It goes like this, rise up, O men of God, have done with lesser things. Give heart and mind and soul and strength to serve the King of Kings. So may I personalize it today? McKinney, Haslett, all you online, everybody here at the Keller campus, Milestone Church, rise up, O men and women of God. Have done with the lesser things. Give your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength to serve the King of Kings. Rise up and shine. And you will be a part of a move of God that will bring transformation to a nation. Let us pray. Father, we love you and we praise you and we honor you and we glorify you that you have called us. You have loved us. You are keeping us in the grace and the power of Christ. I pray, God, we will embrace our calling we will go forth as mighty warriors of the cross of Christ, being light bearers in our dark world. I pray, God, that we will reestablish and live by the principles of your kingdom and bring our lives into alignment with that, that we might flourish in all times. And help us, God, to always be investing our lives for eternity. May we give of our labor, our influence, our finances, our expertise, May we give the totality of our being to advance the work of the kingdom of God through your church. Father, I pray you will bless Pastor Jeff and Brandy as they lead us, as Milestone steps into this whole new dimension of impact and influence for the kingdom of God. I pray your blessing over them in Jesus' name. While we're still in attitude of prayer, if you're here today and you've never fully surrendered your life to Christ, that's the key. It starts with that first start, stepping into a personal relationship with Jesus. And the Bible teaches us that if you believe in Christ in your heart and you make that confession with your mouth, at that moment, he will come into your innermost man and begin a transformational work from the inside out and bring you to newness of life. And then he will also put a jersey on you put you in the game as a part of the team called the church. If that's you today, I want you to pray a simple little prayer with me right now, just quietly where you are. Just whisper this prayer where you are. Dear Lord Jesus, I surrender my life to you. Come in and fill me with your love. Forgive me of my past and all my sins. And from this day forward, I commit to live for you and to serve you with all my heart. I seal this commitment in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's celebrate with those that have prayed that prayer today. Amen. All right, Milestone. I love you. I'm expecting great things out of you. Get off the bench, get in the game. When I come back, 
you're on the bench, you will run laps. I love you. God bless. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.